All right, we are live. It is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. This is episode 259, about to go live on the Real Evan J live stream. I'm your host, the Real Evan J. Let me just start with the opening song. I'll be back in two minutes, and we've got a big show today, a lot of video today. You're going to love today's show. You know, it's been a long time since I had something to say. I told you what was going on, then I went away. Now it's been about a year, so I'm coming back to remind y'all what's going on here. Everything I said turned out to be true. All the liars in the media, the gaslighting you. There never really was a real pandemic, or there would have been people pushing wheelbarrows. Dead people in the streets, piled up to here. Dropping dead faster than we could conceive. Bodies piled up like the Spanish flu, but it wasn't like that, because they're lying to you. It's time to be awakening. Turns out there were no more deaths in 2020 than in previous years, counting all the other causes. They just moved the deaths from all the other columns, like flu and pneumonia. You know what they call them? They call them COVID deaths. They inflated the numbers to make us all afraid. Separate your families to make us feel sad. Isolate the children to make them feel bad. Terrify them, then deny them basic human dignities they rely on. Human touch, smiling face, fresh air to breathe a wide open space. Slap a mask on your little kid's face. Staff infection all over the place. Why can't people see the fear they're in? This shit is straight up Luciferian. Shit. All right, so we're here again on the live stream. It means it's Wednesday. If you're catching the audio podcast, that means it's Friday. This will go up on Substack and Apple Podcasts in a couple of days. Today, we are here live, and I'm gonna take a look today at just a bunch of uh, lies and propaganda like we usually do on the show. Um, And then we're gonna have a lot of fun in the back half of the show taking on a new conspiracy theory that is uh, time to uh, poke under the hood and start to look around. I've done an episode on this issue before. We're going to deal with it again today. It is none other than the flat earth conspiracy, the round earth theory. We're going to look at a bunch of fun stuff today on that, okay? Because I'm getting tired of uh, just covering all of the end of the world news. Now we're going to start with the World Economic Forum and the World Government Summit, which is uh, going on now or just going on the last couple days. We've got video from Elon Musk talking about technology and Twitter and the future of humanity. Then we have Herr Klaus Schwab himself talking about how he will be the master of the universe, okay, the master of the world. How is he going to control the technology of the future that's going to make him the master of the future? So we're going to look at that. Then we're going to look and touch on some of the stories of the day. Of course, we're all up to here, up to here with balloons 
and fake UFO attacks and uh, derailed trains and chemical uh, leaks and spills and fires and toxicity being unleashed all over the red states and red cities it is a war on humanity and freedom as always and these globalists are upping the ante uh, as more information's coming out about Epstein, more information's coming out about Hunter and Joe, the Biden crime family. Um, so the deep state's working overtime with all their distractions. We had UFO attacks and balloons getting shot down and all of this stuff going on over the weekend, the Super Bowl, of course. We had Rihanna smelling her dirty snatch during the um, Super Bowl game. There's just all kinds of things trying to get people pissed off and, uh, you know, distracted from the moment. So we're not going to get distracted. We're going to talk about the issues like we always do. We're going to have fun doing it. Um, let me say hi to, uh, we got Lisa and BG in on the Getter chat. And let me see, why aren't I seeing any chat? Oh, I see. I've got a resize the windows. So if you're uh, watching this on, or if you're listening to the podcast, you know every week I have to resize the chat windows for Getter and make sure everybody can get seen on the screen. So BG and Lisa are here. Welcome to the show, you guys. Big hugs to you from afar. Um, and I hope you guys are having a great week so far. We have so much video today, 18, 19, maybe 20 video clips. I don't have uh, a lot of time to dilly-dally today. I want to get right into it with you and get right into the content because we have so much to cover. So what I want to start with today is three short clips from the World Government Summit with Elon Musk talking about his vision of Twitter, of free speech, of the... Uh, the future of the world, and that's going to lead into Klaus Schwab's statements and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, let's see, we got Jane in the house. What's going on? You're going to Oxford on Saturday in the UK to protest against the smart cities. I'm glad that you um, talked about that, uh, Jane. I have one video in my long playlist today on 15 minute cities, and like as I was just tweaking the uh, control room getting ready for today's show, I was looking at all the videos that I was going to be showing you guys and I wanted to show that 15 Minute City video. And I was thinking, where is that going to fit? It's not exactly in with everywhere. So since you mentioned it, Jane, I'm so grateful. I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with this short video from Twitter of a guy exposing what these 15 Minute Cities are. Now, if we're here in America... And some other uh, places, it might seem really far out there, like it's still in the realm of like, oh, they're going to try to do that one day. But the thing is, if you listen to Jane over in uh, England and what they're doing in Oxford, they already rolled out the 15-minute cities. And I think in Canada, they're starting to try and do this too. So that means that already there are these test markets where they're rolling out these things. And if people don't protest and we don't shut this down, it's going to roll out to all the Western cities and we're going to be done with freedom. Okay, so let's take a look at this video right now. Um, and then we'll do the other videos uh, in the other order. This is great. This is what 15-minute cities are starting to look like to the first people who are having them implemented where they live. 
month or so. How about this one? People counting. You want to take a deep dive into your dystopian future under the digital surveillance state. It's right here. This little board here tells you how many times uh, people have come through the park. Essentially, it tells you how many unconnected Wi-Fi devices there are in. So that would be everyone's phone. This is telling you how many people are in the park at the moment. So once again, imagine a, a lockdown scenario, another emergency, another COVID outbreak or monkeypox or, you know, whatever you like. You name it, we'll make it up. Six devices in this park at the moment, that's down 50% for normal. Your local government, your state government, your federal government might want it to be none. And this, this will tell you, these sensors up in this light, the Wi-Fi connections, they're all interlocked. There will be facial recognition cameras in there. So, you know, don't think you're just going to leave your phone at home. The cameras will pick you up in future. All seems very innocuous, but the reality here is what we are seeing is the very real and very, very, in my view, concerning future for how we go. These areas are all going to be geofenced, uh, and there's going to be more data about you out there and what you do per day. And I hear people saying, I've got no problem with any of this. I don't do anything wrong. Well, that all depends on whether or not your government has the same viewpoint as you. Uh, and we've seen this played out in the last 18 months through the COVID period. I've got to tell you, I don't like this at all. Looks pretty innocuous, but to me, there's a bigger, badder future that comes with it. Make sure you're thinking about this. Make sure you're talking to your friends about it and make sure you're telling your politicians that you don't want a social credit style system like currently rolling out uh, over in China with the CCP. We don't want to go anywhere near this. I have a bad feeling this is where we're headed. Okay, so if you're not familiar, if you're watching or listening and you're not familiar with what are these 15-minute cities, we covered this a few weeks ago and uh, Jane's saying the 15-minute cities that will lead to the smart cities. So a 15-minute city is everything, imagine concrete barriers going up all around in the place where you live, dividing the city where you live into segments and into zones. And you can only stay within your zone. And if you want to leave your zone, if there's a concrete barrier, um, just a, a block or something away from you, and you have friends who live a couple blocks away, but they're on the other side of the barrier, you're not going to be allowed to go visit your friends on the other side of the barrier, or you'll have a limited number of allotted passes that you're allowed to do every year. So what they're talking about at the World Economic Forum is you get 100 times a year that you can leave your zone. And if you try to leave your zone more than your allotted times, you're gonna get heavily fined. And then of course, if they bring in the central bank digital currency, which is the social credit system, um, they won't have, they can fine you and take the money right out of your bank, right out of your social credit points, which is called central bank digital currency. They call it the digital dollar, but it's really just credit and tokens like if you go to the uh amusement park and you buy you take twenty dollars of cash and you turn it into twenty dollars of tokens you can't spend those tokens anywhere but at the arcade but you can put them in the machines you can play games with them you can do contests with them and that's what central bank digital currency really is and be useless money that you can only use in their system and they could turn it on and they could turn it off and they could tell you that you're not allowed to leave and they could tell you're not allowed to drive or you can't buy any more fuel or you can't buy any more meat, all right? All of this will go in and then your 15-minute city will have what they're saying is everything you need at your fingertips. So you can walk 
from end to end of your zone within 15 minutes and you'll never have to leave your zone. So they're selling this like, oh, how convenient. What they're really doing is turning the whole planet into a prison planet. You're going to be limited and restricted from being able to do anything that you could do now just with your freedom and your cash and your free will. So um, beware the 15-minute cities. It is very real. It's rolling out already. That sounded like that guy was in Australia, but they're already rolling out in Oxford, England. So Jane, really looking forward to your report uh, on what's going on on this. And if you want to... um, if you want to write something or shoot some video on this, that would be fantastic. Um, send me stuff after the show and we can look at it uh, next week on the show. So let's go into the main content today. I'm going to go through three clips from Elon Musk at the World Government Summit. Then I'm going to do the Klaus Schwab clip at the World Economic Summit. And then we're going to take a breath and then we're going to have some fun videos to kind of interrupt the pattern there and be able to bring back some life and some uh, some fun. Okay, so this is going to be a fun show today. I'm going to try to keep it upbeat and keep the pacing going. So let's go right into Elon Musk video number one of three. This is at the World Government Summit. One thing I should say, on, I know this is called the World Government Summit, um, but uh, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. Um, you, know, if, you know, if you look at, say, the, at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, the, the really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole, because there have been, there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. And so, um, you know, say like, while Rome was falling, it, uh, it, you know, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had like a, uh, you know, the, the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. Um, and that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge. Uh, and uh, and many uh, scientific advancements, and so um, so I think we want to be a little bit cautious about uh, being too much of a world, of a single uh, civilization. Because if we are too much of a single civilization, then if, if we if the whole the whole thing may collapse. Um, I'm not, obviously not suggesting war or anything like that, but I think we want to be a little bit wary of actually cooperating too much. It sounds a little odd, but um, but we, we just we, we want to have some amount of civilizational diversity, such that if uh, if something does go wrong with some part of civilization, that the whole thing doesn't collapse, uh, and 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 you know humanity keeps moving forward. Okay, so we're going to go right into clip two, and then clip three, and then we can talk about it as a whole. So here's the second clip with, from uh, Elon Musk at World Government Summit. Uh, Elon, we have. Over 150 government within the World Government Summit, uh, global leaders, they have 8 billion customers, their citizens. How government can use Twitter better to serve its citizens? Yeah, um, 
Well, I, I think generally um, I would recommend, um, you know, really communicating a lot uh, on Twitter. Um, and uh, I, I think it's good for people to speak in, in their voice as opposed to how they think uh, they should speak, you know, like, um, you, you know, sometimes like people think, well, I, I, I should speak in this like way that is expected of me, but, but it, it ends up sounding, I think somewhat at times somewhat stiff but, and, and, and not, not real. Um, you know, like if you read a press release from a corporation, it just sounds like propaganda. So, I would like encourage uh, CEOs and um, of companies and uh, you know legislators and um, you know ministers and so forth to to speak authentically uh, uh, and to you know if there's a say a particular policy to explain it um, and um, and I, I think there's you know sometimes a concern about criticism. But I, I think at the end of the day, you know, having some some criticism is is fine. You know, it's not that it's really not that bad. Um, um, I mean, I, I I'm constantly attacked on on Twitter, frankly, um, and I I don't mind. Uh, it's it's um, you know, you have to be somewhat thick-skinned, I suppose, at times. You know, just because you're gonna they they really will try to twist the knife. Um, but but I but I think I think just like I said, just. Uh, as a, as a forum for communication, um, it, it's great, and um, and I would just encourage more communication, um, and, and like I said, to, to to sort of speak in an authentic voice. Like like sometimes people will have someone else be their sort of Twitter manager or something like that, and I think uh, you should just people should just do their own tweets. You know, <laughs> it sounds. Okay. Uh, it, it, and, and like sometimes you, you make a mistake or something, it's fine. Um, but I think just doing your own tweets, just like you would do your own, you know, you give a talk here or you would, you know, have a meeting at a summit or something. Uh, I think that, that's that's the way to do it is is to actually do do the tweets yourself um, and um, and convey the message that you want directly. Um, Okay, so in that uh, mode, he was being asked how can world government leaders uh, better their uh, relationships, better their reputations. And he's basically saying, just talk, just be who you are. Uh, one thing I will give it to Elon, he's very much himself on Twitter. And people are generally really fake on the internet and on social media. So I think that's good advice. Let's go to uh, clip number three here at the World Government Summit of uh, Elon Musk. And notice everyone who's attending this World Government Summit. Just look at the body language and all that stuff of these quote-unquote elitists uh, meeting over there about the future of humanity. We don't get... Uh, we don't get... Um, asked about our opinions, about our feedback, but thankfully people are very vocal about it and we're going to give them our feedback whether they ask for it or not. So here's Elon number three. But how do you see Twitter if we, we say it five years down the road? What's your vision for, for this platform? What, sh what should it do? Well, I think it would be... I'd like to you know, have this sort of long-term vision for something called... Uh, X.com from back way back in the day, uh, which is kind of like a, a um, 
sort of like an everything app um, where it's just maximally useful. It does, you know, payments. Uh, it does, um, uh, so it provides financial services, provides information flow, um, really anything digital. Um, and um, it also provides secure communications. Um, so really to... to, to you know, I think you know, be, be as useful as possible, as entertaining as possible, um, and uh, also to be like a, a source of, of truth. Like if you want to uh, find out what's going on and what's really going on, um, then you could, should be able to go on, 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 you know, X, the X app, and, um, and, and find out. So it's a sort of source, a sort of a, a source of truth and a maximally useful I guess app is about wrong word, but system, um, and and twi Twitter is essentially an accelerant to that sort of maximally useful everything app. Um. Okay, so here he is again talking about X, uh, Elon Musk talking about what he wants to do with Twitter, and he's mentioned this in a couple of different times where he said uh, he wants to make this app called X. And he wants it to be the everything app. And he wants us to do our shopping and our socializing and our town square stuff and our politicking. And he wants it all to be done on the X app, um, which, again, I think that he's about to put out, I think, his plan, too, for the future of humanity. And so I think we need to look at Elon Musk's vision of the future and Klaus Schwab's vision of the future, and not necessarily say we have to choose between one or the other, but it is a good thing that anyone other than the World Economic Forum is coming out with a plan, and Elon's going to come out with his plan. Now, on the other hand, if you read the Bible, which I know a lot of us do, okay, in the book of Revelation and uh, the book of Daniel and other places, it talks about the end times. It talks about how there's going to be a one world government. It talks about how there's going to be a one world currency and the mark of the beast that you have to get um, the mark on your forearm or your forehead and that it's going to, you can't buy, sell or trade without it. And so when I hear Elon Musk talking about the everything app where all commerce and banking and communications and all that are going to happen in one uh, technological place, it makes me very nervous because then he's doing Neuralink, which is plugging man right into the machine through our brain. I mean, there's a lot of this Matrix-like aspect to this. If humanity gets plugged into the machine and merged with machines, it's the end of humanity. In Elon Musk's vision, um, machine learning and AI intelligence is rapidly expanding so fast that if we don't merge, this is what Elon Musk has said, if we don't merge man with machine, then man's going to get left behind. And the only way to protect man is to merge with the machine and try and control uh, the way that it unfolds in the future and in our future. I personally think that's a horrible idea. I think it's a lure and a trap if it's being said consciously or if he just hasn't thought it through, which I have a hard time believing, um, it's just not very prescient because machines are way faster thinking than 
humans in a lot of ways they can do so many more calculations per second i know the brain is technically possible of doing all these things but we haven't been able to duplicate and systematize it yet so running equations through a computer is technically a lot faster than the brain even though the brain is technically a faster computer but we don't master that technology yet to be able to use it a hundred percent um hold on let me get some comments here uh, Lisa's asking, hey, Evan, did you see Roger Waters speak to the UN? The reactions were pure gold. No, I didn't see that, Lisa. Um, I know he's done a lot of really controversial stuff. Um, and you're saying Elon makes you nervous too. So let's go from him to, we have so much video today. I got to blow through. Let's go to the Klaus Schwab clip. Talk, <laughs> Watch Klaus Schwab. Who doesn't love Klaus Schwab talking about how he wants to be the master of the universe, right? So let's uh, listen to Herr Schwab right now. I wrote in 2015 the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And I mentioned... 23 or 24 technologies which will change the world, like crypto and so on and so on. The book was considered science fiction. All those technologies have become reality, and there are new technologies. And I would say we are in the second minute or whatever you, we want to call, we are at the beginning when you look at it at technology transformation, it usually takes place in, in the terms of an S-curve. And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. And I agree, artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence, <clears throat> but also the metaverse, new space technologies, and I could go on and on, synthetic biology, our life in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected, and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. Okay, so whoever masters those technologies will be master of the world, okay? Are you guys clear on that? Um, hold on, I'm just tweeting out uh, on Twitter that I am live. So if anybody on Twitter wants to watch me live, they'll be able to do that. Um, so we are live on Twitter at Ninja Blog Secret with, uh, without an S, Ninja Blog Secret. On Facebook at Evan Talks. On uh, LinkedIn at Evan Talks. And where else are we uh, going today? We're on Getter, always at Evan Talks. Love my Getter fam. And then, of course, we're on Twitch and DLive. So we've got Jane coming in on DLive. I don't see any Twitch people today. Uh, I see BG and Lisa are coming in on Getter. And that's what we've got today. So uh, now we've seen... Klaus Schwab, we've seen Elon Musk, we've seen all the technocratic elites talking about what they want for our future. And uh, I want to answer them with just some patriotic, <laughs> testosterone-driven man action, okay? So take a deep breath. Here's what I have to say to Klaus Schwab. It's time for war Shopping your ass 
Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that great? So um, I just want to laugh off this Klaus Schwab situation. That was a guy, if you're listening to the podcast, there was a guy with two big axes standing on a mountain in the snow and far below. I mean, we're talking like over 20 feet or longer of a drop is a hole cut into the snow, into the ice, and there's water. And the guy takes his two axes and he screams and he leaps off the side of the mountain like nothing you've ever seen and goes right into this pool at the bottom. That was absolutely amazing. You want to see that again? Let's watch that again. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, hey, we got Dawn here on Twitch. So we do have some Twitchers here today. What's going on, that Dawn girl? So good to see you on the live show. Uh, so we saw the guy with axes. Now I'm going to turn to the guy with eggs. Did you know, since they're blowing up all the egg factories, they're killing all the chickens, they're telling us that there's this avian flu. I mean, they're just lying. They're burning down factories. They're trying to kill all the food. They're poisoning the land in Ohio where farmers can actually grow food and raise chickens. These are evil people at the World Economic Forum and all the criminal co-conspirators at BlackRock and Vanguard who own all the railway lines that are involved in these derailments. I mean... It's just a joke where we live in this society where the people with the most money and the most power have decided that they have enough money and power. What they really want to do now is kill like 80% of the world's population. And that's where we're at in the world today. So um, meanwhile, it's getting harder and harder to find eggs. And there was a really funny video I saw the other day about a guy telling us in the cities that if we want to go out to the farms and we want to buy some eggs, there is a special way that we need to do that. We can't just go and say we want to buy eggs because of the way that they're in such high demand right now. So I want you to listen carefully to the new lingo uh, about eggs. All right, city folk, listen up. Uh, we understand that there are certain items from poultry that have gotten really expensive and you may be looking to buy some on the side and that's great we can hook you up but understand something you don't go rolling up to the first coop you see in the countryside and just say i would like to buy a dozen eggs it's not how it works we don't call them that out here they're called sea seeds all right now look we got what you want what do you want you want some uh, rhode island delights you want some red sex link specials you want some orpington rounds sure we can hook you up but understand the lingo and don't be asking for things like a dozen eggs because the cops know exactly what you mean when you say a dozen of something out here no 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 you can buy singles, you can buy unos, you can buy a straight six, you can buy a disciple pack, a double disciple pack. We will hook you up. But don't just come up and hand me cash like you've never done this before, all right? You put it in an envelope, you drop the envelope on the ground. I'm going to nod in the direction of a brown paper bag that might contain your sea seeds. We're going to pick up our respective items and go our separate ways. So that's how it works. Get it right. <laughs> Do you guys get that? <laughs> That just makes me really, really happy. Um, okay, so we're going to solutions here. And these are people who are selling eggs on the slide. We just have to know how to ask for that. Now, 
This is the section of the show where we're just pushing back a little bit. I don't know where this particular video comes from, what I'm going to show you now. But this is probably one of the greatest videos I've ever seen. We've seen a lot of videos coming out of like libs of TikTok and other places where we see kids in schools being indoctrinated and being sexualized and perverted. This is a completely different situation where kids are learning about the vaccines in the classroom. And I don't know what classroom this is, but this makes me happy. I would like to see a lot more classrooms with this going on. Check this out. Okay, so now I'm gonna ask you the same question with, uh, with vaccines. What's in a vaccine? Go ahead. Uh, different chemicals. Different chemicals? Um, chemicals that could really hurt you. Chemicals that can really hurt you? That have. That have really hurt you, okay. It can poison your brain. Chemicals that can poison your brain? And make it so you're not smart. Such as mercury. So, did you say metals like mercury? Well, you guys are way smart. Sorbet. Polysorbate 80? Polysorbate, oh my goodness. We have some very smart kids here. So polysorbate 80, I wasn't even going to talk about that tonight, but what does polysorbate 80 do? It opens the brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier. So it makes it so chemicals can go into the brain and hurt the brain. Is that right? It can poison your body. Poison yes. your body? It can damage brain. When it opens it, it can damage your brain. Okay, when your blood-brain yes, barrier gets not, open, it can damage your brain. Um, really bad at learning and stuff like It can that. cause learning problems. And it can cause body problems. Body problems, physical walking problems, problems, walking and problems. I already have my own problem. Okay, we're going to... Lazy if, eye. Okay, we're going to... Let's save that for a little later and I will ask you, okay? Sometimes it can even make you mentally retarded. Sometimes it can even make you mentally retarded. Okay, you guys are amazing. we got to keep moving here, but you guys are amazing. I, I had no idea that you guys were going to be able to go boom, 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 boom and give all of those answers. Every one of those answers were absolutely true. Vaccines can do that. All right, I don't know what school that is, but that's a great school to send your kids where they're going to learn real stuff. And those kids were actually really smart about the vaccines and why they wouldn't want to shoot them into their bodies. While our own uh, criminal drug cartel, Centers for uh, Death Control, that's C CDC, um, are pushing these shots on the kids, it's really good to see some kids being taught uh, exactly what's in those jabs, why they don't want those death jabs, and it's really great. So uh, I don't know when that was done. I don't know where that is. If anyone can find that out, let me know. Great, great video. So um, from here, I've got, we're going to go into uh, exposing kind of more false flag stuff, okay? So uh, we're going to talk about the fake UFOs and the fake alien invasion with this video uh, from Greg Reese out of InfoWars. So let me roll that right now. This is Reese report uh, on fake UFOs. The mind control media has been spotlighting recent reports on UFOs being spotted and even shot down out of the sky. And many suspect it's laying the groundwork for the so-called fake alien invasion that has been reported on now for decades. A false flag event wherein the public is tricked into believing that aliens from outer space are invading the Earth. 
In his 1991 book, Behold a Pale Horse, William Cooper claimed that secret groups within the U.S. government have designed their own flying saucer technology and are planning to launch a staged alien invasion in order to create a one-world government. What I discovered was amazing. What I discovered, ladies and gentlemen, is that there has been a plan in existence since about 1917 and probably before that to create an artificial extraterrestrial threat to this earth in order to create a one-world totalitarian socialist government. Nazi scientist and former head of NASA, Werner von Braun, reportedly told his assistant, Carol Rosen, that a fake alien invasion will be the final gambit of an ongoing plan to create a one-world government. And we have to prevent the weaponization of space because there is a lie being told to everyone that the weaponization of space is now first being based upon the evil empire, the Russians. There are many enemies, he said, against whom we're going to build this space-based weapon system, the first of whom was the Russians, which was existing at that time. Then there would be terrorists. Then there would be third-world countries. Now we call them rogue nations or nations of concern. Then there would be asteroids. And then he would repeat to me over and over, and the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. The fake alien invasion is only possible if there are advanced technologies being hidden from the public, capable of pulling it off. And there is plenty of evidence supporting this, from the stolen and censored work of Nikola Tesla to that of John Hutchison and thousands more. According to some sources, these technologies were discovered by back-engineering alien spacecraft, but the word alien implies extraterrestrial, not from this Earth. And that's the fake part, because humanity's historical record is replete with non-human species that ruled over mankind as gods. This story is the most prolific story on Earth. The Sumerian texts, officially the oldest written documents we have, describe a non-human species that created a unique species of human via genetic modification. These non-humans then began mating with human women and created a new race of giants. This story is prevalent throughout our entire historical record and is found in practically every religious scripture on earth. Nearly every culture on this planet claims to have been created by a race of godlike reptilians, most often described as serpent gods or dragons. David Icke has compiled scores of personal accounts describing an interdimensional reptilian-like species that hides in the shadows by shape-shifting and taking possession of a human's body. William Bramley's book, Gods of Eden, provides a comprehensive history of a secret brotherhood that works as an intermediary for a reptilian-like species that has been manipulating mankind for millennia. And in all these ancient accounts, we not only read about these godlike species, we read about their flying ships. In the ancient Vedas, they are called Vimanas. These ancient Vimanas were described in great detail a hundred years ago in the Vimanaka Shastra, 
and were believed to be found within hidden caves of the Himalayan mountains, which is what likely compelled the Nazis to explore the Himalayas in search of the Aryan race in 1938. We are officially told that the Aryan race was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed breed of humans. But this is a lie. The Aryan race that the Nazis were interested in was the Aryan race of the ancient Vedas, an elusive, non-human species with advanced technologies. And several high-level Nazis claimed that they made contact with them and that they were working for them. During World War II, the Nazis' most highly classified project was the Bell, a mysterious device whose appearance is described the same as the Vimanas of the Vimanaka Shastra, and whose effects are described as altering time and space and defying gravity. When the war ended, several Nazi scientists were absorbed by the U.S. government, and a secret Nazi base was established in Antarctica. Shortly after this, the Antarctica Treaty outlawed all public travel anywhere south of the 60th parallel. So it is plausible that the emerging one-world government has the means to pull off a fake alien invasion. And whatever story it is they are trying to tell us, you can be certain that it's a lie. Because that's all the media is good for. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Amazing, amazing work out of Greg Reese on InfoWars. Uh, you can also get to him on Substack at gregreese.substack.com. I, of course, am also on Substack at eventalks.substack.com. So I hope that you uh, subscribe to that. And uh, I put out Substacks several times every week. Uh, this show goes live on Substack and Apple Podcasts on Fridays. And then I generally do something else during the week and sometimes even more. So for the last couple of weeks, I've had exclusive um, looks at Twitter censorship and the free speech wars. That's been exclusive to my uh, paid Substackers. Both of those articles are now open to the public at uh, my Substack, eventalks.substack.com. Uh, some weeks I do more investigative work than others. I'm getting ready to launch my crypto proficiency courses. That's Bitcoin Basics and crypto proficiency courses that are going to be coming on the heels of my book, which is called Demystifying Crypto. And uh, I'm working really hard on that to try and launch those at about the end of this month. So it's, uh, you know, things got to give. I'm not able to post as much and do enough uh, investigative research for my Substack this week and next week, but those things will be coming uh, in due course as well. So, um, hey, Kelly, welcome to the show. I'm super glad that you're here. And um, that was a great Greg Reese report, right? He's just amazing. And you're right on time for the back half of the show, which is like all fun, okay? So we've reported on uh, the World Government Summit and the technocratic elite and Elon Musk's vision and Klaus Schwab's vision. Um, and now, you know, we've looked at this report about fake UFOs and fake aliens. Uh, and we know that they've been shooting down 
balloons. And it's kind of a funny inverse of reality. You know, since the Roswell crash, where the government claimed, joking, you know, it was like a joke, we all know it was a joke now, that the Roswell crash was a weather balloon. <laughs> and now they're shooting down balloons faster than, you know, they could put them up in the sky. And it's kind of the public is so wary of the government now. They've been lying to us about everything. They lied about Trump. They lied about COVID. They lied about everything. They lied about the vaccines. And so they lied about Ukraine and they lied about Putin. And like, why wouldn't they lie about some of the most basic stuff that we think is true? So where I'm at with this show, and it kind of is where I started with questioning the COVID fraud and the COVID scam and the vaccine holocaust and genocide, it's that I got so sick of being lied to and uh, gaslit by the media and lied to by the government that I became very much interested in looking at and talking with the people who are vilified and censored and deplatformed, okay? And that's what got me into all this. And that's what's going to keep me going. So at this point, uh, what else did they say was a crazy conspiracy? They said chemtrails for many decades was a crazy wild conspiracy. And if you thought they were spraying particulates into the sky to alter the weather or do anything like that, you were a nut job, you were a crazy conspiracy theorist. Now, without batting an eye, they go right from denying it to admitting it, changing the name of it and telling you that it's a good thing that they've been doing. And if you're uh, complaining about it or worried about it, then you're actually dangerous and you may even be a terrorist now. Because first you said, hey, you're spraying shit in the sky and you're poisoning our air. And they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. And you're like, but I can look up in the sky and it's a beautiful, clear day. And then these planes go overhead and they spray all this shit in the air. And like when I was a kid, contrails, condensation trails, a plane would go overhead and you would see the uh, vapor and within two minutes it would dissipate and you would have a perfectly clear sky again. But somehow over the last 10, 20, whatever years, they started um, spraying stuff in there that doesn't go away and it actually paints the sky and it darkens the sky and it blocks the sun. And people have been reporting this for decades and been told that they're absolute conspiracy theorist and crazy, okay? Now the government calls it geoengineering and they say, oh yeah, we're doing that, but it's a good thing. We're blocking the sun so we can, you know, prevent climate change or whatever. So they're full of shit. They're warring on us. They're blow they just blew up this train in uh, Ohio. I mean, the train derailed and all the chemicals leaked and seeped into the groundwater. And then they decided, these geniuses, that they're going to blow up the chemicals and burn them, which basically just turns it into acid rain. So there's like sulfuric acid and hydrochloric acid that goes up into the sky and it binds with ambient moisture, rain droplets and vapor. And then it rains down and it's some of the most toxic chemicals and heavy cancer causing chemicals in history known to mankind. And they're just ruining the water table, ruining the land. 
And uh, Tucker Carlson did a report last night that was pretty detailed, and it's very scary stuff. So uh, it's my prayers and all of our prayers go out to not just the people in the Ohio area, but everyone in that um, area who's going to be affected by the polluted ground and the water and all of that stuff. It's horrible. So what are we going to do for the rest of the show? We're going to look at the best conspiracy theory of all time. It's becoming my favorite one. I did an episode on this back, uh, I remember it was the same episode during the Uvalde school shooting. There was the back half of that show that I devoted to the Flat Earth documentary and we showed like an hour or something of one of the documentaries. There's a ton more videos that are coming out about Flat Earth and so, Um, I'm getting ready to interview Flat Earth Dave, who's one of the experts in the field. And in advance of that, I want to start looking at some stuff with you guys here now so we can kind of set the stage when I have him on as a guest uh, that we've already looked at a lot of this stuff that we're going to cover in that discussion, okay? So that's why I'm doing this on different days, okay? So the first thing I want to look at is this kid Caleb, he calls himself Caleb F.E., F.E. means flat earth. And one of the things he talks about, because we're just talking about the fake alien invasion, so I'm going to segue now into real fake space. And we're just going to start to look at these things that are little meme videos. And then I've got a couple longer videos that uh, I pulled from big documentaries over the weekend, and I'll get to that a little later in this section of the report, okay? So let me just play this first video on Caleb talking about the International Space Station, okay? There's a lot of these. I'm looking at like maybe 15 videos for the rest of the show, and um, they're kind of in a loose order and a loose structure. So let me start with Caleb talking about the International Space Station. Is the International Space Station actually orbiting the Earth at 17,500 miles an hour? Or is it a lot closer to home? A lot of my Instagram followers have been sending me this post very misled, thinking that this thing's actually real. Here's the details of the photograph, and here's the ISS apparently transiting the sun. So I'm supposed to believe that we can resolve the angular size of this hunk of metal that's 250 miles away from the Earth? (laughs) Let me put this into perspective. If you weren't aware, the International Space Station is apparently the same dimensions basically as a Boeing plane. The max height of a Boeing plane (laughs) is about 7.2 miles. Look at the size of the plane. (laughs) 253 miles. Look at... Like, you guys actually think that we would be able to resolve the angular size of the ISS? (laughs) Genuinely. Come on. Just, just like, think. Think about it. And if the International Space Station is actually in space, I thought that space was empty. (laughs) How is this astronaut's helmet filling with water? (laughs) NASA alarmed that astronaut spacesuits keep filling up with water. Starting to think that these guys might be filming this stuff in a pool with a green screen or blue screen. I started trying to connect the dots. NASA, 
on their website literally admits that they have an exact replica of the ISS in a pool. <laughs> uh... like something to think about you know <laughs> but you really think that as the sun pulls us through space at 500k miles an hour you think this thing's just tagging along huh like all the other satellites and i know what you're thinking like why does this matter like i gotta go to work tomorrow and pay my rent still like who cares what if you didn't <laughs> what if we weren't giving so much money to the government 19 billion dollars a year <laughs> Sprinkled with some CGI, guys. That's that's what we're getting. $19 billion. But if you just look into the ISS, you'll see problems. And if you just critically think about it, a bullet travels at 1,700 miles an hour. And the ISS travels 10 times faster. And I'm supposed to think that they can get on and off of it? <laughs> but if you were to ask me my opinion on what we're seeing here and in other photographs of the ISS apparently transiting the moon and sun... Governments admitted they have scopes that can see through concrete walls and read heartbeats. You don't think they could retrofit a plane to look like the ISS and fly it past the moon or sun, but picture you're following me and follow my backup right now. <laughs> All right. Interesting guy, right? So let's go right into the next video where he is talking about um, Caleb talking about satellites and balloons. I got a couple of videos about this since we're on balloons getting shot down this week. Uh, let's talk about satellites and balloons. And seriously, the James Webb telescope is floating a million miles away from the sun around the sun and it's taking pictures of galaxies quadrillions of miles away as it orbits like spin. This Does this look like it could stay like stable? like out in a space vacuum what about micro asteroids or like astro or like you know like i don't know that but for everybody that's been asking me about meteors and meteor showers um yeah ever gone into your car and seen a cigarette lighter and seen what that does a bunch of wires when they heat up really red they could be dropping these things out of planes with fireworks inside of them you know like creating the trail behind it who knows dude what they have the advanced technology that they've been hiding from Okay, so that one that one cut short. So um, let's look at this one now, which is a clip about NASA sending up their satellites with helium balloons and how NASA is actually the largest uh, customer of helium in the entire country. They're the largest purchaser of helium. What are they doing with all the helium? NASA, as far as I know, sets rockets off into space and they send up satellites and stuff like that. I've never actually seen anything official from NASA where they're actually using helium and yet they are the largest buyer of helium uh, in the globe, uh, Jane says, not just in America. Okay, so let's take a look at this little video here about that. So let me get this straight. It is now public knowledge that they send up satellites on massive helium-filled balloons. As you should know, NASA is the largest consumer of helium in the world, for obvious reasons. But the issue with society is that they never critically think. Just think for a second here. If these are sent up to provide the world with all of the important information we need, and I'm sure the entire process is expensive and difficult to accomplish, 
Then please explain to me what in the flat world do these pathetic animations do for you? Do they make you happy inside? Are they so super duper cool that you cannot see past the obvious CGI? The fact of the matter is everything NASA sends up on a balloon simply hovers above our motionless Earth. That is why they rarely speak about orbiting satellites, and of course, they never show footage. Here is some footage of a random evening with a man, the moon, and his Nikon P900. Notice anything floating up there? Forget it, Bart. It's so bright out you can't see anything in the sky except the Fox satellite. Another remarkable fact about NASA's balloon launches is that many are launched from Antarctica. Is it because we cannot travel past certain parallels to witness their launches with our own eyes? What else are they hiding from us over there? It would be nice if someone was allowed to truly explore Antarctica again. It sure has been a while since the last guy. Greetings to you, my young friend. Our very distinguished guest for this evening is Admiral Richard E. Byrd. I must say that Admiral Byrd, our guest tonight, is not only our greatest living explorer, but he's been an inspiration to countless Americans. Admiral Byrd, is there any unexplored land left on this earth that might appeal to adventurous young Americans? Uh, yes, there is. Strangely enough, there's left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that, unexplored. But more important than that, it's... Uh... Okay, so um, let me go on. I've got actually a quote uh, or a video here about Beyond the Ice Wall. So that was Admiral Byrd who did uh, expeditions to Antarctica back in the early 1900s. And um, I have another video that has pictures from his expedition uh, that I'm gonna share with you now. Um, so let me take a look at that video right now. This is called Beyond the Ice Wall. Beyond the Ice Wall Expedition, Captain Robert Scott leaked photos of what he found in Antarctica. Thank you. 
Okay, so as we go through these videos, and I've got a bunch more, here's my question. My question is, what if everything we have been told is a lie? We've met so many instances in the last two years alone of major, major lies that we would think that our government wouldn't even have the gall to tell, and yet we've been lied to about everything. So what if this flat earth stuff, this stationless, I mean, non-movable stationary plane, the way in the beginning God created the heavens and earth, the biblical perspective, what if that is true? And what if the globe theory is a lie? And what if all of the stuff we're seeing from these flat earth memes turns out to be true? Now, people on Twitter who love to fight all the flat earthers, I'm just looking into this now, so I'm finding it really curious and really interesting that people are really get up in arms about this and they really have an emotional stake, almost like, you know, the people who during the lockdowns and the mask tarred era of COVID and the vax uh, Holocaust before people now are starting to realize that the anti-vaxxers were right and we were telling the truth and that the vaccines hurt you and they kill you, like what the kids in the school were saying, okay? Before that, we had instances of masked tards and masked Karens screaming at other people who would go grocery shopping without a mask. It happened to me. It's happened to you guys. Um, people screaming at other people if they didn't get the jabs or if they didn't wear their mask. And it's the same type of fervor, the same type of NPC type mentality, the same type of idiocy that the People like I grew up and took science like everyone else and believed that the earth is round and spinning and going through space. And that's what I learned. And so I have never come out and said, hey, I'm a flat earther. But what I have come out and said is, hey, everyone in from the academics and the sciences and the media has lied to me about everything else. Why am I going to give them the benefit of the doubt to think they're not lying to me about this? So the only thing that makes me different from a lot of people on Twitter, the flat earthers, are that I am exploring this area. I no longer am giving the benefit of the doubt to the globe earthers, and I'm not giving it to the flat earthers. I'm looking at the material and I'm showing what resonates with me. I'm passing on some of the same questions that I have. And what I'm noticing is the flat earthers are always very interested in finding out the truth. They wanna see more proof. They want more answers if they don't have them. The Globers, the round earth theorists, I'm calling them now, seem to be emotionally uh, connected, emotionally, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, stuck on disproving flat earth theory and they're very emotional about it and sometimes they get angry about it and it's really interesting it's like because obviously it's the whole perspective of the universe and what if you're wrong and what does that say about everything to me I don't care I believe in God and I know that I don't know a lot of stuff and I know some stuff and I don't know other stuff excuse me while I get a sip of water 
So if I find out everything I thought was right is wrong, <coughs> I'm just a different kind of mind about that. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'll know what's right and I won't be wrong anymore. A lot of people are emotionally attached. That's the word I couldn't think of a minute ago. Emotionally attached to being right. Man, I got a really dry spot in the back of my throat. Excuse me, you guys. So let me play more video and talk less. Um, what's coming up now is, let's see, we looked at uh, just some really quick ones here. I'm going to show you a pilot that says that the, everything is flat. And <coughs> let's uh, talk about that. Then I have Buzz Aldrin, which we saw last week, but I'm going to play it again, acknowledging or admitting that he never went to the moon and that we never went to the moon. And then I have another video I'm gonna show you of two people in different parts of the world looking at the moon at the same time and disproving the round earth theory based on the angle of the moon that they're able to see at the same time from completely different times in the earth. So let's take a look at these videos now. Here's the little pilot being asked about the, uh, the shape of the earth. Did you notice any curvature while we were up there? Curvature? No. No? There's no, no curvature? It's just all flat. Okay, so there's just a pilot telling you it's just all flat up there. Now, I'm going to show you Buzz Aldrin. Okay, so the gentleman waving his hand afterwards. Uh, what was the scariest moment of the journey? Scariest. It didn't happen. <laughs> it could have been scary. Circuit breaker. Hmm? Why has nobody been to the moon in such a long time? <laughs> That's not an eight year old's question. <laughs> That's my question. I want to know, but I think I know. Because we didn't go there, and and that's the way it happened. And and if it didn't happen, it's nice to know why it didn't happen. Okay, so space does not exist. That's a big uh, can of worms that we're not going to open yet. Or we'll save that for Flat Earth Dave interview. But let's check out some more videos here that are on point. This, we just saw Buzz saying we never went to the moon. So here's people looking at two moons at the same time and looking at the angle of the moon. I'd like to hear uh, if you have thoughts about this one. At the same time, I'm looking at a daylight moon and he's looking at a nighttime moon. At the same time, I'm in, I'm in, I'm by Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's in Essex, England. <laughs> Why is the moon flipped? Okay, so there's a lot of pictures and, and when we do Flat Earth Dave, we're going to look at some other pictures where uh, people show us pictures of the Earth 
from space and they say this is proof this was taken from space and then you zero in on it and you can literally see that there's clouds that are just photoshopped and copied and pasted in different parts of the globe so the globe that we've seen a million times that looks like the earth from space when you zero in on it and you really look at it you can totally tell that it's faked Last week, I actually showed the video of the guy from NASA admitting that he does fake composites and that you have to composite. So um, it's just the more you dig under the hood of this issue, the more curious questions come up. And it's not like all of the answers come up. A lot of CGI is happening here. Um, so let's now look at this 1965 scientist's that uh, basically said that the moon wasn't even a real thing. It was plasma. Um, and this was, check this out. I'm not going to say anything. And that means that if it is proof that the moon is a plasma, then all gravitational theories are out. And the new concept of the cosmos and of its laws has to be evolved. Aren't you being a bit adventurous, though? Because uh, you know that we're going to be able to test out your theories on the moon fairly soon. Well, not anymore. Eleven years ago, uh, of course, uh, it was rather taking a risk. I was considered a lunatic, of course. But by now, the evidence, accumulated evidence, is already so much in my favor that I'm not taking any risks anymore. On the contrary, uh, there is scientific views expressed all over the world now that uh, the moon seems to be of a quite different nature of what was assumed. But the, the Americans and Russians are thinking of landing men on it. Uh, well, that will never happen. Not on the moon. On Mars, on Venus, on other planets, yes. But the moon is definitely, as I assert, a plasma. Isn't there a slight contradiction? You mentioned the, the moon and the tides, Mr. Foster. And at the earlier part of the interview, you talked about the tides sweeping over the Earth. Well, there is no contradiction there, because once the moon is proven not to be a piece of rock, but something of far less mass, and the gravitational theories are out and discarded, New concepts have to be involved, which will show that the lawfulness of nature in the cosmos is identical to that in a hydrogen atom or in, uh, in, in atomic processes. And when this is understood and worked out in full, it will be found that the physical processes of the Earth are quite different in geophysics of what it is present assumed, and that lawfully in certain periods, mostly during the ice ages, which occur every 200 million years, and there is a reason for that, the axis of the Earth suddenly tilts over. And when this happens, then you get the floods of the Bible, which were recorded before. The tides, the ordinary, everyday tides, tides have an explanation even if the moon had almost no mass at all, because they are field effects. They're induced by cosmic pressures which exist in the field of our solar system. What's the benefit to mankind in your theories? Well, one, the first one, and the most important, I would briefly put down, is this. I think... What's the most important thing? And then the video cuts off. So, um... Let's take a look at, um, hold on, BG is saying, uh, I thought the moon was made of Swiss cheese and that's what the man in the moon eats. Uh, duh, right? Duh. That's obviously what it is. Um, so I'm going to go to a more serious cut now. This comes from a longer video and it's a video that I cut called uh, Gravity Versus Density. So now you've had 
this scientist, I don't know who that is. I wish we had a name on that scientist, but 1965 scientist saying the moon was very possibly a light in the sky made out of plasma and therefore it would have to upend our entire concept of the theory of gravity. Now, the theory of gravity is something that globe, earth, round earth theorists say has been proved and yet it's never been proved. Gravity is still called the theory of gravity. So I want you to watch this video and really pay attention to it because it has a very plausible, compelling explanation for why things fall to the ground, why certain things can float. And it makes a lot more sense, frankly, than this theory of gravity. Um, so let me play that for you right now. What is gravity? What is gravity? You have no idea. Okay, next question. <laughs> so you're telling me gravity is strong enough to hold oceans onto it, battling inertia from the spin. So gravity's holding oceans, inertia's trying to pull it out and make it fling. Skyscrapers would fling off the earth, but this gravity's holding these. It's so strong, it's holding the ocean, but it can't hold a helium balloon. Things that are less dense go up. Things that are more dense go down. Has nothing to do with gravity. Where's gravity at with butterflies? You would think that if gravity's so strong it's holding skyscrapers down to it, we would be flat on the ground. There is gravity all the way out to the moon and beyond. <laughs> Long before the theory of gravity was a glimmer in Newton's imagination, the natural physics of density and buoyancy already perfectly explained why apples fall down. Objects fall or rise based on their relative density to the medium surrounding them. Apples fall because they are denser than the air, while helium balloons rise because they are lighter. No gravity necessary. This is why raindrops fall down through the air, and air bubbles rise up through water. Everything seeks its relative density and rises or falls until settling accordingly. This is why a tiny pebble sinks to the bottom of the ocean, but gigantic cruise ships and aircraft carriers stay afloat on the surface, because even though a pebble is so small, its mass, relative to its volume, its density, is more than water, so it sinks. And even though a cruise ship is so large, its mass, relative to its volume, is less than water, so it floats. If Newton's apple had landed in a puddle, he would have seen the apple only fell through the air because it was denser than the air, but then floated on top of the water because it was less dense than water. The natural physics of density and buoyancy was understood and agreed upon for centuries before they changed our textbooks and started NASA. All our space information is coming from NASA. NASA. Werner von Braun was the director of all six moon missions, and he's a Is that not a comic book? That's a comic comic book. Comic book. Okay. Really good video, if you ask me. Uh, that comes from a longer documentary called Flatten the Curve. And um, I think that's what it comes from. Uh, there's a bunch of videos my Twitter friends have been giving me over the last few days. And I've just been pulling clips so I can show you on this thing. Um, really fascinating, right? So um, Jane says you might be able to find the full video clip of that English professor from uh, 1965. Talking about the moon, that would be fantastic if you can. I appreciate that. Um, so now I have one other longer video. Let me see if I'm, uh, I've got a couple of other videos for today. But the next piece I want to show you is another serious piece that I cut 
which is from pilots and engineers talking about the shape of the earth, talking about um, what it's like to navigate in an airplane going over land, what it's like to take off and land, and what they think about the flat earth versus the round earth theory. Okay, so before I start that, actually, let me just show you this one meme uh, right here. Okay, so this meme says, it's got a picture of a globe with an airplane like pointing down towards the ground. And then the bottom half of the image shows an airplane flying over the horizon line of the water of the ocean. And it looks like it's going straight down. And it says the super zoom caught camera caught this plane going over the curve. And it's one of my favorite flat earth memes because it shows you how stupid the whole concept is of going around a globe as if an airplane would be pointing down when it's going over half the planet. And then it would be upside down actually on the bottom side but they wouldn't feel like they were upside down. But if you're standing at the top and they're underneath, physically speaking, they are upside down compared to you. And yet we never see that, we never feel that. And the explanations we get from the globe earthers are insufficient. They're just insufficient. That gravity is going to hold in the entire atmosphere and it's gonna hold in the air and it's gonna make it like you can't even tell when you're going down or you're upside down because it's so large somehow that you can't tell what direction you're facing. The whole thing doesn't make any sense at all. And when you slow down enough to ask some pointed questions about basic assumptions about life that we're just asked to not trust what our eyes see, not trust what our senses tell us, and that to believe this nonsense that we're going thousands of miles an hour and spinning and water is clinging to this ball, where if you take water and pour it on a ball and try to spin the ball and see if you can get the water to stick to the ball, and yet they're saying if it's big enough and you spin it fast enough, the water will stay on the ball, completely goes against the laws of physics as we know them, it goes against common sense, and yet we have been gaslit from birth to believe the most nonsensical shit so that if you're even going to stop long enough to ask about it, you get the Twitter mob coming on you telling you you're an idiot and you're a flat earther and you're all that. You're like, hey, I haven't decided yet, but you just have to answer me, riddle me this, Batman. Why isn't the airplane facing down when it's going on? Um, Jane's saying water is level and it's used in construction, water level, water level. And um, if you've ever done uh, construction, you know what a level is. It's like this long thing that has a water droplet in it and you put it down and it shows you where it's level, okay? And we talk about sea level. They don't talk about sea curve, they talk about sea level, water seeks its own level. I say that all the time here on the show. And now we're talking about actual water. So when you slow it down and you think about it, it doesn't make any sense at all. Now, does that mean that the earth is flat and not round? Does it mean, I don't know what it means. What it means is water doesn't stick to a ball. Water doesn't curve around an object. Water seeks its own level. Water is always level. And we know this. 
And that is a ultimate basic law of physics and science. So to claim otherwise, when you have a bigger ball, you know, that's one thing they love to say also is as above, so below, as below, so above. The laws of physics apply equally everywhere. So then they want to ignore physics, though, and tells you that, you, you know, you can't scale it up or it doesn't work at a large size. It's all lies and gaslighting and ignorance and willful ignorance. And so um, now I want to hear from some real experts. These are pilots that are going to talk about um, how they navigate in the plane using the globe Earth versus the flat Earth um, theory. Okay, so this is called flying and the Earth curvature. But truth be told, I've been to many countries, done many things, all things aviation. I can say with absolute certainty, and I can attest, the plane does not dip nose down to follow the curvature of the Earth, ever. Matter of fact, most planes have an airfoil that are three degrees nose up in straight and level flight. And the reason that is, is simple. If the nose of the aircraft was at zero degrees or level flying through the air, then it would porpoise, right? It would be kind of violent because some of the air would go over the nose and some of the air would go under the nose. And it would cause that nose to go up and down, up and down, which is literally like a porpoise or a dolphin out of water. And that's exactly what would happen. So it's the wings are designed, when they are level, the nose is three degrees nose up. The fact, proven from multiple points, that there is no Coriolis to the motion of the Earth. And I'm speaking from a pilot's perspective, also an engineer's perspective, because I obtained a degree as an engineer before I went to flight school. So I'm, a, I'm both a pilot engineer at once. So, number one, there is no rotation of the Earth, proven by the fact that a helicopter pilot can hover the aircraft indefinitely, motionless, above a single point of the Earth. If the Earth were spinning, as soon as that aircraft left the ground, the Earth would spin out from under it. Now, somebody may say that the air of the atmosphere rotates along with the Earth, which is one of the most absurd concepts imaginable, because if that were the case, then all wind would travel with the Earth. There would be no alternating wind currents. When we know that the jet streams fly overhead, clouds move in multiple directions overhead, and a kite flying over the stationary Earth, the fact that a, a kite flies because of wind passing through, that proves that the Earth does not, that proves that the air does not move in unison with the Earth. Number two, airstrips do not rotate away from a landing aircraft. Anybody who's seen a, a pilot's view when an aircraft lands, well, the aircraft lands to a motionless airstrip. If the, the Earth were rotating, the pilot would have to turn to the angle at which the airstrip is rotating away and land at the speed of the airstrip, which is absurd, simply absurd. Airstrips do not rotate away from the aircraft, and on an east-to-west landing strip, if the aircraft is landing to the west, the airstrips do not land moving towards the air, airplane. That's, that's insanity, okay, simply stated. If the Earth was a spinning ball, it is virtually impossible for a ship to be moving at 25 to 30 knots on this curved spinning ball while tracking an aircraft that's probably going 300 miles per hour, 50 to 100 miles away, really. I mean, they, these like P3 aircrafts were pretty far and 20,000 feet in the air. It's just virtually impossible. It doesn't make sense. Again, at the time, I wasn't thinking like this, but looking back on the information that I had, I'm like, yeah, there's no way. There's no way that that was done on a, on a curved earth. Okay. 
So we're just setting the stage here. We are exploring these issues and we're looking at memes and we're looking at different stuff. Now, um, to finish today before the closing song, the last clip I have for you is very funny. If you ask me, I'm just cracking up watching it over and over again. Um, you might have remembered the movie that keeps getting made into these funny video memes of Hitler. I forget what movie it was where they have this speech and it's Hitler and it keeps getting translated and people are translating it into fake things that he's having conniptions about. So this one is Hitler and the Flat Earth Conspiracy. Okay, so this is the last video clip of the day before the closing song. Enjoy. This is Hitler freaking out that people are waking up to the fact that the Earth is not a globe. My Führer, what you say is unheuerlich. The generality is the smallest of Deutschland. She is ohne Ehre. She calls herself General because she years of military academy zugebracht haben, nur um to learn how man besser Gabel hält. That was so funny. And I realized if you are listening to the podcast version and you don't have the uh, translation for that Hitler clip, uh, when you're on my Substack, you will find a link to watch the video version and you can just click that link and you can uh, hop on over to my blog where I'll post the replay of today's show and you can catch that video. It's hilarious. So that's the show for today, you guys. We've looked at a bunch of the lies that they're telling us now. We looked at where they want to take us 
at the World Economic Forum, uh, how they want to use technology to control us and they want to be the masters of the world, okay? And then from there, we went into just a couple of great feel-good videos of people who are fully alive and awake and pushing back and learning about the real truth and the deadly vaccines and the guy with the axes jumping off the mountain and all of that fun stuff. And then we went into the flat earth stuff, which is questioning now all of the other quote-unquote facts and science that they that they're telling us that we have to, we're not allowed to ask, we're not allowed to ask any questions. And that's what we're doing. It's driving them crazy because now we're asking questions about everything that we've ever been told to believe. Their narratives are falling apart faster than they can prop them up. And um, that brings us to the closing song, which is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. These are words from Proverbs and Ephesians in the Bible, some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament. So uh, I'm going to sing this song for you guys and send you on your way uh, and get back to working on uh, putting my course together for Bitcoin basics and crypto proficiency. I've gotten some great emails this week from people who have just joined the list, who have bought my book and read my book and are ready to take crypto uh, Bitcoin basics. And I'm really excited about getting that thing started. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we're going to launch that uh, course, hopefully towards the end of this month. So um, thank you everyone who is coming on board. Thank you for reaching out to me. Um, I love you guys and uh, I will see you next week on the live stream and I'll see you before that on Substack. So here we go. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Thank mm-hmm. you.
time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not too drunk with wine. Just be filled with the Spirit. Give thanks and praise for all things. Unto God in the name of Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. All right, thank you so much for joining me for the Real Evan J live stream, the Evan Talks podcast. I'll see you next week. Be well, go in peace, eat organic foods. Don't get the death jabs. Keep your kids out of the schools. And remember, the earth may not be round, okay? Um, thank you, Crazy Lady Jane. Thanks for being up so late uh, in England and for all the great comments through the show and for your help and for all of the uh, great emojis during the closing song. My love goes out to all of you guys. Um, you're why I do this. I wouldn't do it without you. I will see you next week. And I love you. I'll give you a little Carol Burnett ear tug and a big hug. Many blessings to you. Bye-bye.